Welcome to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches, featuring inspiring new devotionals and forums given each week on BYU campus. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. I'm told that university commencement was created in the belief that uh, before being released into the public, graduates should be properly sedated. (laughs) I'm ready to do my part. (laughs) President Worthen, President Reese, members of the university administration, faculty and staff, Admired honorary degree recipient, Reverend Dr. Teal, graduates, family members, and friends, I'm pleased to greet you on behalf of the officers and members of the Board of Trustees, and with my wife Kathy to join you on this happy occasion. I'm also pleased to be here with Elder Clark Gilbert, our Commissioner of Education, and Elder Matthew Holland, himself a former university president and close friend and colleague of Reverend Teal. President and Sister Worthen, I speak for all of us in expressing deep gratitude to you for your service at the head of this university that we love. Recognizing that this is the final commencement ceremony Kevin will direct here, we look back over the last nine years and honor you today for what your leadership has meant. We're grateful for the exemplary model the two of you have been for students at BYU and for the manner you have represented BYU to the rest of the world. You've spoken in myriad devotionals and other settings, participated in and supported uncounted student activities, and hosted a steady stream of guests, including many national and international dignitaries, all with grace and warmth. Among other things, President Worthen has been singularly focused on the BYU mission statement in all aspects of his administration. He has established the Inspiring Learning Initiative, providing thousands, tens of thousands of students with a mentored research experience, plus expanded internship, study abroad, and experiential learning programs. And he's worked to elevate BYU athletics, most recently navigating our entrance into the Big 12 Athletic Conference. President Worthen has presided over major building and infrastructure improvements that will benefit us for a long time to come. During most of this time, in addition to fulfilling his extensive responsibilities at BYU, President Worthen has also served as a commissioner with the accreditation body, the Northwestern Commission of Colleges and Universities, and importantly, as an Area 70 in The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Kevin and Peggy, you have made us proud, and we wish you Godspeed and the Lord's continuing blessings in the endeavors of the future. To our dear friend and honoree, Reverend Dr. Andrew Teal, may I express sincerest congratulations. 
and my personal good pleasure in witnessing the honorary doctorate being conferred upon you today. Your life has been devoted to the well-being and the happiness of others, particularly those least favored with the necessities and comforts of life. You've sought and cultivated understanding, goodwill, and collaboration among Christian communities and beyond. You've worked to build faith and promote freedom of religion and belief at home and abroad. In short, yours is a life well-lived, and your association with Brigham Young University adds a certain brightness to the reputation and stature of our school. We've sought to honor you, but you conspicuously honor us by your character and contributions. It is also our honor to be joined today by your dear Rachel, Kiara, and Luke. Thank you. To the degree recipients that we recognize today and tomorrow, I add my congratulations and best wishes to the many others you've received and will yet receive. Among the precious revelations granted to the Prophet Joseph Smith was a more complete account of God's designs in the creation of this earth and our mortal experience. It includes this important bit of knowledge, that in the pre-mortal realm, Satan rebelled against God, quote, and sought to destroy the agency of man, unquote. Later in the book of Moses, God confirms to the prophet Enoch that humankind are the workmanship of mine own hands, and I gave unto them their knowledge in the day I created them, and in the Garden of Eden gave I unto man his agency. Lehi explained that God hath created all things, both the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are, both things to act and things to be acted upon, and that we are in the category of things created to act. Elsewhere in the scriptures, this divine gift is referred to as moral agency. This is in the context of the Lord explaining that He had, quote, suffered to be established, unquote, the laws and constitution of the people for the rights and protection of all flesh according to just and holy principles so that every man might act according to the moral agency which I, God, have given unto him, that every man may be accountable for his own sins in the day of judgment. These verses help us to understand that our agency, our ability to choose and to act for ourselves, rather than simply being acted upon by forces beyond our control, this agency has a moral dimension. When we choose in the light of and in harmony with moral truths, we reap redemption, peace, joy, and eventually eternal life. To act guided by contrary principles leads us in the opposite direction, as occurred, for example, again in the pre-mortal world. As God recounted, the devil rebelled against me, saying, Give me thine honor, which is my power. And also a third part of the hosts of heaven turned he away from me because of their agency. So agency, when used in a manner consistent with moral truths, looks like a blessing. 
while agency, when used in a manner that rejects moral truths, looks like a curse. But in the end, God has no other option for nurturing His children toward becoming as He is. Can you imagine a God who has not mastered accountability? Actually, there were such supposed gods in the imagination of ancient Greek and Roman and other pagan societies. These fictitious gods were vengeful and capricious and altogether unreliable. I say, no thanks. I'll take the true and living God and the responsibility of accountability. You, the graduates we honor today, have come of age at a time when agency and accountability are, to say the least, underappreciated. I hope there have uh, always, or I suppose there have always been individuals and groups lusting for power that have used force and terror in attempts to subjugate others and drastically reduce the exercise of individual moral agency. The year I was born was the year World War II ended. I know, I know, I'm old. <laughs> but that was a victory for freedom and moral agency. Unfortunately, the intervening 78 years have brought many often devastating efforts at despotic enslavement, and they seem to be increasing in number. Of particular concern are trends and philosophies that deny the reality of individual and moral agency and societal conditions that disable the effective exercise of individual agency. You're familiar with voices that would classify entire races as hapless victims on the one hand or irredeemable oppressors on the other. They reject the possibility of individual choice and action. For them, people are only acted upon. At the same time, we cannot deny that many grow up in chaotic homes, broken communities, non-functional schools, and circumstances that make it all but impossible to get hold of the tools needed to exercise moral agency wisely and to make good choices. My plea to you today is that in the years ahead, you will work hard to preserve and wisely exercise your own moral agency and work equally hard to preserve and provide that same blessing of moral agency to others. Let us all be agents rather than objects. This will mean your continuing study of the gospel of Jesus Christ, wherein are found those essential truths that enable the intelligent use of moral agency. The more fully you and I grasp gospel principles and truths, the greater our motivation will be to incorporate them into our character, and the better our choices can be. As the Lord Himself said to His disciples, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Preserving and sustaining the moral agency of others can flow from the various ways you contribute to your communities and countries in the future, especially as you act to lift and empower the disadvantaged. May I also recommend that you promote in every appropriate way President Dallin H. Oaks' teachings in his address defending our divinely inspired Constitution as they relate to upholding moral agency. Finally, regarding your influence in the secular world, I cite the Lord's statement, 
When the wicked rule, the people mourn. Wherefore, honest men and wise men and women should be sought for diligently. And good men and women and wise men and women you should observe to uphold. Some of you, I trust, will be those honest, good, and wise men and women that we can look to in the years ahead for the kind of political, professional, and community leadership that preserves moral agency and accountability. Most importantly, however, it will be what you do at home that will matter most. The family, after all, is ordained of God. Marriage between man and woman is essential to His eternal plan. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. We call upon responsible citizens and officers of government everywhere to promote those measures designed to maintain and strengthen the family as the fundamental unit of society. I testify that our precious agency originates with God our Father. In the gift of His Son, He has redeemed mankind from the fall, and we have become free forever, knowing good from evil, to act for ourselves and not to be acted upon. Wherefore, we are free according to the flesh, and all things are given us which are expedient unto man. We are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, as King Benjamin affirmed, under this head and no other, ye are made free. Never forget that it is because of Jesus Christ and His Atonement that we can act to choose God and His righteousness. Praise be to Him in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts, including classic speeches taken from our vast audio library, as well as other BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith. Come follow me, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information. You can also find all BYU Speeches podcasts at your preferred podcast provider.